Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so thankful to have you join us today from wherever you're listening in. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now let's get ready to dive into today's word. so much for your giving. It's good to see everybody here today. How many enjoyed Dr. Asa last week? Did you enjoy that? Um, Our Sunday morning worship experiences were absolutely amazing, but um, last Sunday night, the seminar that he offered, that was on a whole nother level. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get to host him again real soon. Uh, Let me briefly mention to you, this Wednesday night is First Wednesday, and we have Pastor Ken Wright from Cleveland, Ohio. He will be in the house with us this Wednesday night, make plans to be here. The last time Pastor Ken was with us was last October, and we had an incredible move of God's presence the night he was here. So make sure that you're here on first Wednesday. I promise it'll be a blessing to you. Um, Today we're kicking off a brand new series and we are calling the series The Blessing. And if you have uh, attended our church very long, you know that every November I start a series of messages um, that usually deal in some capacity with stewardship and finances. Um, and I want you to know, um, probably some of you would say, I knew this was coming. If you've been here very long, you, you did know it was coming. Um, but we take, um, the principles from the word of God to talk about generosity, um, the way God wants to bless you. Um, and with that being said, I think it's important that we do this. And I think it's important if you're new to Bethesda church that you understand um, that I have never preached on finances, stewardship, tithes, offerings, all of that stuff as a knee jerk reaction. It is always very much planned out. Um, And the reason we do it that way is because I believe that it's one of the most important components to your discipleship and to your development as a believer. Um, God has a lot to say about money. You guys know that. Um, 16 of the 38 parables deal with the concept of money and money management. And so um, Jesus even said it like this. And some of you, you, you think, oh, no, we're already diving deep into it. Just, just hold on, all right? Um, because today's not even going to be about money. Hit your neighbor and say, today's not about money. All right, we're going to get into it, but I got to set something else up. But Jesus did tell us that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what that means is that your heart and your money are always in the same place. Some of you could go home and work on that. Your money and your heart is always in the same place. Um, and so this year we've learned about managing our minds. We've, we've talked a lot about the seasons of life, uh, managing the different seasons God brings us into last week. We, with Dr. Asa, we talked about managing your health, but this series, I want to deal with not just the importance of managing money. That's why I'm calling this series, the blessing Um, But I I want us to go a little further in what the blessing entails, because we we use the term the blessing a lot in in Christian circles. 
we say things like um, we are we we preach sermons on the blessing. We there's been songs, even new songs written about the blessing. Uh, we drive to church in our brand new ride, and we tell our friends come out and check out my blessing. Are y'all with me? Uh, if somebody we love, we sometimes we will tell them, you have been a blessing to me. And so I want us to, to really understand the concept of blessing. And I think I would be doing you a disservice if I were to teach and preach to you about the financial aspect of the blessing, but not talk to you about the original blessing. Because the original blessing is so much bigger than finances. So much bigger than your new car or new house or your next vacation. A lot of the things that we frame as blessings are not really blessings. They're byproducts of the blessing. And so we, we got we to get our mind right. And, and one of the things the Holy Spirit gave to me right before um, I finished up this, this sermon, uh, writing it out, is that a lot of people struggle to operate in the financial principles of God because they don't trust the heart of God. And, 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 and so I, I'm not going to do what God has told me to do financially if I don't trust who God is. And so I'm going to call this first message, I want to call this receiving the Father's blessing. Receiving the Father's blessing. Now, you may want to take some notes because I, I don't want us to, to leave here with anything twisted or mixed up. Um, blessing is not simply money. It's not just a relationship or a new ride. It's not just a promotion or a new opportunity. Blessing in the kingdom is so much more. Now let's look at a definition of the word blessing. The word blessing means the act or words of a person who blesses a special favor, mercy, or benefit. A favor or gift bestowed by God, therefore bringing happiness. The invoking of God's favor upon a person. Praise, devotion, worship, especially grace said before a meal, approval, or good wishes. Now, that definition comes to you. I did so much work to find that. I went to dictionary.com, all right? That's, that's the, the dictionary.com definition of blessing. But I want you to look at the Hebrew, much simpler, the Hebrew definition uh, of the word blessing. I'm not going to pronounce the word um, that it comes from, but it means benediction or by implication, prosperity. And I love that the definition states that the blessing has to do with a benediction, because a benediction is something that we speak or when we conclude a service, whether that be a wedding ceremony, a church service, a funeral, we have a benediction at the end. We speak a blessing over the people before they leave. So in other words, you need to know today that you're not blessed because you got a few bucks in the bank. You're blessed because the Father has spoken over your life. That God has performed a benediction over you. He has spoken over you. And many times the reason we don't operate in the day-to-day -day principles of God is because we haven't received the original blessing of God. And so that's what I want us to grab hold of today. I want to show you this from scripture from Genesis chapter number one, starting in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, I want you to notice in that text, there is a double emphasis on the word image. We see it a couple of times, like there is a focus here on the image of God. And the reason it's um, double emphasized is because God wants us to see something that a lot of times we miss out on. When we, when we don't understand that we have been fully created in the image of God and after the likeness of God, if we don't understand that, it creates problems in our life. Now, that's very, very simple, but it's often misunderstood. But I want to give you a, 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 a truth right here that you know, but today I want you to really know it. You were created in the image of God. You. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, you. You were created in the image of God. And, and so some of you are like, Pastor, I didn't come, uh, you know, to church today and get up out of the bed and drag the kids here for you to tell me something that I already know. But a lot of us, we, we know it like as a thought, but it has never really entered in to the heart. Um, it, it's never really taken root that we are living our life knowing that we were created in the image of God because this is where it was all started. God started with his image in your life. Every person created in the image of God. Now, this is important because one, um, there are people that you don't like, people that don't look like you, people that don't talk like you, people that get on your last nerve, but God sent me here today to tell you they were created in the image of God just like you were. You ought to give God praise right there. Some of you can't do it because you're thinking there's no way they were created in the image of God. Yes, he's your daddy, but he's their daddy too. And so it's important to understand the image of God. You may not like them, but they were made in the image of God the same way that you were. You are the image of God. They are the image of God. Now, the second part of the text, not only are we created in the image of God, but what is the first thing God did to mankind after he created them? We read it in verse 28. The first thing God did was he blessed them. The very first thing that God did was that he blessed them. We've established we're created in the image of God. We just established the first thing God did was bless us. We often get hung up on what Adam did in the beginning but we need to focus a little more on what God did in the beginning. Yes, Adam sinned, but before original sin, there was original blessing. Before there was original sin, there was original blessing. 
Now, if we don't understand that, it messes everything up. It changes who we see when we look in the mirror if we don't, if we, if we don't understand this principle. If we doubt God's original purpose and blessing, we develop all kinds of issues with God because instead of relating to God based on his heart, the first thing being he blessed us, we relate to God based on experiences we've had with relationships that were flawed. And so we come to Father God, but we we come to God with the perspective of all the broken things that we've went through. And so we don't come to God understanding many times that the first thing he wants to do is to bless us. Um, Blessing is who God is. I know we say love is who he is, but how many know today that blessing is who he is? It's who God is. His nature is to bless. Don't get me wrong today. God does not bless disobedience. God does not bless uh, pride. He doesn't bless greed. He doesn't bless lust. He doesn't bless laziness. God doesn't bless any of those things. We have to position ourselves for certain blessings, but the blessing that, that we really have to get a hold of is the one that was the original blessing, the one that God speaks over us, because if I'll receive who God says I am, I'll start living by the principles that God has taught me to live by that will produce not only the blessing, but multiple blessings in my life. But it starts with the first blessing. And when God created Adam, there were a lot of moments we could talk about. We could talk about him having this paradise. We could talk about him naming the animals. We could talk about the rib surgery that created his wife Eve. But Adam's first memory is being blessed by God. His first memory was being blessed by God. Blessing sets the tone. Blessing sets the table. Blessing establishes the emotional baseline and spiritual trend line of Adam's entire existence. Does blessing set the tone and establish your emotional and spiritual baseline? A lot of us, when we think about our relationship with God, we don't think about blessing because we get hung up on sin. We get hung up on what we've done wrong. We get hung up on what the people in our life are doing wrong. And we see that sin does enter the picture in the book of Genesis. And because of that, there's pain, dysfunction, all kinds of stuff happening. And, And we see that though that the first thing God did was bless them and blessing is our earliest memory and blessing is our deepest longing. See, the thing that everybody wants is God's blessing. They just don't know how to articulate that because the blessing of God means that I am loved for who I am. I am loved for what I'm not. I am loved in spite of my mistakes. I am loved even though I don't always get it right, that I'm loved with no strings attached. Anybody thankful that God offers us that kind of love? Listen, The reason you're so frustrated with people is because you're demanding them to do what only God can do. Nobody can love you like that. 
Nobody can love you with a love that is perfect, no strings attached, and, and always just there for you no matter how much you mess it up. We're not built the same way God is, but I have fallen a million times, and guess what? There was one who always loved me even when I messed up, and we sang about him just a minute ago, about he's an awesome God, and no one comes close to him, and when it comes to blessing and when it comes to love, Definitely nobody comes close to God. Go ahead and take about 10 seconds right now. Let's give God some praise. If you're thankful for the love of God, no strings attached. He don't, not only loves you for who you are, he loves you for whose you are. It's because you belong to him. Original blessing stronger than original sin. And man, I want our church, as I prayed this morning, I almost wanted to stay in my office and just stay there and leave y'all out here because I felt the presence of God and I feel that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to put a blessing that is unthinkable on this house. I want to put a blessing and my favor upon the families of this church and, and do things that you've not even imagined. I feel an Ephesians 3.20 type blessing, more than you can think of, more than you can imagine. Anybody ready to step into that kind of favor and that kind of blessing? It starts with the original blessing. It starts with what God did in the beginning. He created man. Then he blessed man. He blessed man. It's so important that we grab it because if you fail to grab this, you, you can achieve levels of success and still be insecure. You can accomplish your goals and still feel lonely. You can be living out what everybody defines as the American dream, but still be empty. You can have blessing all around you and still have a perspective that you can't even celebrate all that you have. I have met very successful people who are also very insecure people. Very successful people that were also very lonely and empty. For some of them, I think they would trade everything they have ever accomplished just to have their mother's love and their father's pride. They didn't receive a blessing from maybe their parents or who raised them. And because they didn't receive a blessing from their family, it leaves a gap in their life. We see it play out in the book of Genesis in the story of Jacob and Esau. We know the story how Jacob stole the birthright. Didn't really steal it as much as he tricked him pulled one over on him. And at the end of the day, this birthright was a blessing. We see that it really messed with Esau and we see what happens. Watch this. When you don't understand, God has already blessed you. See, this is where people miss it. They don't believe God has blessed them. So what do they do? They spend their life trying to find something that only God can give. 
And so we pick up the story in Genesis 27, starting in verse 34. It says, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? And Isaac answered Esau, I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives and his, his servants and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing? Is that all you have, Father? It's just the one blessing that I have missed out on. Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. You can hear the defeat in Esau's voice. I know I missed out on this blessing, father, but surely you got one more. Is there not another blessing? Don't you have something put back for me? Again, people are struggling to live by God's principles because they have failed to understand God's heart. Some of you, the truth is you have trust issues. You, you compare your life with everybody else's life. You, you get frustrated with what God is doing in you and what God's not doing in you and what God is doing in others and not doing in others. And it's like Esau. You, you don't realize that God has a blessing set aside that's only yours. And we can lose perspective. We can get mad at what God is doing and not doing in my life and in your life. But listen to me, it is foolish to worry about all that stuff when the Father has a blessing specifically for you. It's kind of like when we compare our lives and we say, God, why aren't you doing in me what you're doing in them? Or why don't you do this in them? And when, when we get like that, it's kind of like, I got three kids. It's kind of like, um, y'all ever had as parents, you ever had your kids try to parent the other kids? I think a lot of times, how many know as a parent, you don't need their help. Thank you, Zeke, for correcting your sister, but I really don't need your help. I, I said earlier, the father is your daddy, but he's also their daddy, which means he got this. He doesn't need our help to mother them or father them or discipline them. God has got it. And I think sometimes God sits back and just shakes his head that we think we have the ability to do what only he can do. Are you all with me in this church today? We have trust issues because everybody here has been neglected, rejected, betrayed, offended, been forgotten about, but I want you to know that God's heart and his first instinct for your life is to bless it. God wants to stamp your life with a blessing. 
The problem is that a lot of us, we're, we're relating to God based on how other relationships have played out. And how many know that's, that's a difficult road to go down? When we're relating to God based on how flawed relationships play out, then what does that do? It keeps me at arm's length from getting to know my father because I can only see him through the lens of what I've walked through. Many of our emotional issues that we have, listen to me, everybody's got emotional issues. Now you can smile even underneath the mask. All right, I'm not singling anybody out. We all got emotional issues. But but many of those emotional um, issues that we have, it stems from something that only God can heal. And I just said a mouthful because some of you are, you're needing people to be something they can't be. You need them to perform on a level that they can never perform. That the deepest longing, our first memory and deepest longing is the blessing of God. And he's the only one that can fulfill that promise. Could it be that the emptiness, the insecurity, the loneliness that seems to be imprinted on your life is connected to the fact that you're trying to earn something, trying to get to a place to deserve something, or you're trying to make other people become something that they could never be, that God's saying, if you could just forget all of that, I want to personally become all that for you. Listen, I, 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 I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit because what I'm teaching you is something I'm having to learn. Because sometimes I demand out of someone else something that ultimately is not fair to demand on them because it's a need that only he can meet. Listen to me. There are needs that your spouse cannot meet for you. And that doesn't mean they're not a good spouse. But there are some things that God has placed within us that he is the only one that can meet us in that place. Don't demand out of people something that only God can heal, only God can fix, only God can restore, because when you do that, you're setting yourself up for continual disappointment in your life. I think sometimes God wants to just tell us, could could you all just stop being master of the universe for five minutes and quit worrying about what's going on all around you? Because when I get alone with God, I hear him speak, you're favored. When I get alone with God, I hear him speak, you're blessed. When I get alone with God, I hear him say, well done. I hear him say, work on this. How many of you, if you'll get in the presence of God, he'll tell you how to become what he's called you to become. The claps are kind of patty caking because we got a lot of expectation in a lot of wrong places. 2021, I already have a word for it. It's expectation. It's expectation, not just dreaming bigger and believing bigger, but some of us, our biggest problem is our expectations are in the wrong place. We don't manage expectations well. We're expecting something that cannot deliver and we're mad about it. How many know that God never disappoints? He can align our expectations. As long as 
you're requiring of, of people to meet your deepest needs, not only will you be disappointed, but ultimately, listen to what I'm saying, you'll never walk in the blessing of the Father. He wants to speak something over you that no one else can speak over you. Again, I would be doing you a great disservice to simply give you financial principles that produce blessings in your life. Because listen, I know lost people that give tithe because they see the blessing. So you can tithe and have that blessing and still be lonely, insecure, full of pride. And, and though you're blessed on this level, how many want the original? Anybody want to be blessed with the original blessing that has nothing to do with the principles? It's just what the Father has spoken. Man, I got to hurry. This is tough because for some of you, I fully believe that the family you were raised in should have been a place of blessing. But I've been in ministry long enough to know that a lot of people's upbringing, they would not describe it as blessing. They would describe it more as a curse because of what they had to endure. That what God meant to be a place of blessing, a place of refuge, for many of you, it didn't look, didn't look like that at all. And, and because of that, it makes, us, it makes it hard for us to believe that God's got good desires for me. Listen, if my, if my earthly father wasn't good, which my earthly father was amazing, so my upbringing in a lot of ways was protected, shielded, and, and blessed, and I'm thankful for it, but I meet a lot of people who have the opposite experience. And so now when they come to God, they can't even come to God believing that his heart's good because they never got to see goodness being modeled and selfless living. Do y'all know what love is? Being selfless. That's love. When it's no longer about your needs at all, now you've just started in love. As long as it's still about your needs, it's not love. And, and a lot of people did not have a selfless model as it relates to blessing and love. And what I love about being a parent, and I, I hope you'll hear my heart, I have three beautiful children, and there is nothing they can do or not do that will change my love for them. Nothing. I don't care if, God forbid, they end up in prison. Guess who's going to love them? If they end up in the White House, guess who's going to love them? Because I tell some people, Everly's prison or president. All right? I, I just do. She's fire and ice. I don't know if we can, like, steward her passion. It's going to be amazing but we got work to do, but there's nothing they could do. And, and listen, my love for them is not based on what they accomplish. 
They may, they may do amazing things that in the world's eyes would be awesome. But whether they do that or they just change the world in some small way, guess who's going to be right there being their biggest cheerleader? I will. Some of you need to know that the Father loves you and his blessing is over your life and it's not contingent over what you've done or not done, how many times you've messed up, what your upbringing was, what your family looked like, what what disappointments you've gone through. God has spoken a blessing over you. He loves you and he, he, he wants to bless you. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the first principle. It's the default setting. Love is our fallback position. Again, the Hebrew definition of blessing is benediction. It's God speaking over your life. It's actually, when God speaks over it, it's as if, and I've taught on this before, it's as if you wear the blessing. That the blessing is something God has put on you. It's similar to the coat that Joseph wore in the Old Testament. You know, the coat that made everybody else jealous. There was something, (laughs) when the blessing of God comes on you, you're going to have just as many haters as you do people that celebrate you. When a true blessing of God comes on your life, it's going to upset the apple carts of some. But this blessing was so different on Joseph that when his brothers betrayed him and threw him in a pit, guess what? The blessing never left. The blessing wasn't in the coat itself. The coat was just a symbol of what God had spoken over him. Some of you have gone through some things and it looks like you've been left with less than you had before. But I'm telling you right now that the blessing never left your life just because some relationships have changed and certain things didn't pan out the way you thought they were. The blessing don't leave just because you go through some pain and struggle and trial. The Father has spoken over your life And what God has spoken over your life, how many know the enemy can't change that? People can't change that. Pain can't change that. And so the Father has spoken over you. And the blessing not only is a benediction, the Father speaking, it also implies prosperity. Prosperity, let me help you. It's not just money. The definition of Prosperity from a biblical point of view means nothing missing and nothing broken. It means that as long as you have the Father's blessing, you already have everything you need. It, let me say it like this. If you have the Father's blessing, you don't need anyone's applause. If you have the nod of God, you don't need anybody cheerleading you. If you've got his blessing, you have what you need. So I'm going to give you, my goodness, my time. I'm going to give you three quick things to take away from the message. When it comes to the blessing, I want us to look real quick at what the blessing is not. Number one, blessing is not good fortune. God doesn't bless you and I to raise our standard of living. He always blesses us to raise our standard of giving. Blessing is a noun, not a verb. <laughs> it means I, I become something. I become the blessing. 
if, if we get that upside down and we don't understand God blesses us to raise our standard of giving, then our greatest blessing um, backfires and now works against us. It's kind of like the rich young ruler. You, you guys remember, he, had, he was smart, he was educated, he had influence at a young age, and he comes to Jesus one day, and he asks him, it's in Matthew chapter 19. He asked Jesus, he said, what good thing do I need to do to have eternal life? What good thing? And Jesus said, why are you asking me about good? Ain't nobody good. And he tells him, he says, you just need to obey the commandments. And he gives him a couple of them. You can almost tell that the, the rich young ruler um, pride entered his heart because he said, I've kept all of those. In other words, I'm good. Look at what Jesus does. How many know Jesus will flip the script on you? Jesus said in, in, verse, nine, in verse 21, he says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Look at what happens. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This is what happens when we fail to understand that the blessing of the Father is more than money. When I have the blessing of the Father, God may tell you, sell it all, give it away, and follow me. But some of us, if we're being real honest, we would rather have the blessing that finances give us. We'd rather have it more than the blessing the Father gives us. Second thing, blessing is not just health, wealth, and prosperity. I don't want to exclude those areas because health, wealth, and prosperity are all byproducts of the blessing. Blessing is not another vacation. Blessing is not uh, an expensive car. Blessing is not a, another house. Bless, the blessing of God is so much more than all of those things. And, and I want to add that the blessing of God consists of things that you cannot put a price tag on. Things such as joy unspeakable and full of glory. How I many of you can't buy that? Peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know anywhere you can buy peace. It's knowing that your mistakes do not define you and that you have a future. Knowing that God is for you, with you, and God is in you. Those are, those are blessings that money cannot buy as the worship team returns. Third and final thing I want to give you is blessing is not problem-free. I'm going to spend a little more time on this as we end. Kids, church workers are going to be mad today. Blessing, I'm kidding, they're not going to be mad. They serve with a great heart. Blessing is not problem-free. Jesus said in John 16, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Every person in here gets hurt. Everybody gets offended. Everybody has to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody has those seasons where we know life is not fair. But how many have learned that even when life is not fair, that God is good and his grace is sufficient? Anybody learn that in your life? I've learned that. Carl Jung said this about our problems. He said, our problems can never be solved. They can only be outgrown. 
I know you don't want to hear that because the circumstances that we want God to change so desperately are sometimes the very thing God is using to change you. Some of you are confused because you have negative cycles in your life, things that happen repeatedly. The cycle keeps repeating itself because you're asking God to change the cycle, but God is using the cycle to change you. You want, you want the situation to change? And listen, guys, I've been as guilty as anyone. We want the situation to change. We want this person to change. We want this person to change. We, we want everything to change. And we don't even recognize we keep failing the test. Some of you th- say things like, why am I always in this situation? Because God is using the situation not for you to keep changing the situation. You've tried every way imaginable to change it. You've tried every, you've read every book on changing it. It's not about changing the situation sometimes as much as it is God is changing you. He's changing you. It's not a lot of fun when you go to the Lord in prayer wanting Him to change stuff and He speaks to your heart and says, I ain't worried about any of that. I'm only dealing with you. You see, what, what we fail to understand is we can go and pray about people that get on our nerves or whatever. You know how we are. God, if you just touch them, I'd appreciate it. Do you know when it comes to your personal walk with God, he's not interested in them at all. He's only interested in you. What he's doing in your life. What he's doing in your heart got to pose a question to you today and it's going to be strong but why do you think you can be like Jesus without being betrayed like without being betrayed by Judas denied by Peter and tempted by the devil why do you think you can be like Jesus if you have not been betrayed by Judas denied by Peter and tempted by the devil all while you're in the process to doing what you were sent to do. Two out of the three don't even involve the devil. It's close relationships that hurt and offend. What did Jesus do with Judas? When betrayal had already set in Judas's heart, Jesus got on his knees and washed his feet. What did he do with Peter? who denied him. He showed up and said, Peter, do you still love me? Peter said, yes, I do, Lord. What did he do with it? He anointed him to lead the first church plant in the book of Acts. He preached his first sermon and one minute he's denying Christ and the next minute, 3,000 people are coming to an altar to know Jesus. Why? Because Jesus understood some things that we don't. Here, here, here it is. The blessing of God will complicate your life. It'll complicate it. And what I mean by that, do you remember the story Jesus taught about the talents? Y'all remember this, right? He taught this parable about the master going away and he gave one guy five, one two, and one one. And the one with five doubled his, the one with two doubled his. And the one with one did nothing. He went and buried it. 
the master comes back and, and, and the, the thing I want you to see, the story is not just about money because we've learned in 2020, God wants us to manage everything in our life well. Not just money, we have to manage our time, our minds, our relationships. We have to manage all of it well. And, and so we look at this, the reward or the blessing wasn't an early retirement for the guys in that story or extra vacation time. The reward for a job well done, the reward for good work was more work. How many know when you do a good job, it opens up new opportunities? When you manage relationships well, what happens? You get more relationships. You look at some people and say, why do they have so many friends? It's because they manage relationships well and you don't. Jesus said, I'll take from him who does not manage well and I'll give it to the one who does. The blessing of God always complicates your life. And, and, and a lot of times we can't see past the complication of the blessing in order to see the blessing. When, when Karen and I got married, it complicated her life. Can y'all laugh? It, it did, it complicated her life. Um, we have three beautiful children, or we could call them complications that we named Elijah, Ezekiel, and Everly. How many know those are blessings, but they are complicated. When God blesses you, it's complicated. If God gave some of us a million dollars and we was like, man, I thank God for the blessing. How many know you would have some complications? You'd have some family members saying, I need some money. You and your spouse might fight over where you're gonna invest it. How are you gonna spend it? Some of you would be gone. We wouldn't see you no more. It would complicate your life. Could it be that the thing you wish God would change because it's so complicated is actually a blessing that is changing you? Sometimes I want my kids, could y'all just get it and do better? But when I look at them, they have my blessing and they are changing my life in a good way. When I say it's complicated, it's, it's a good thing, but you gotta manage it. You gotta steward it. When you think about your marriage, how many know marriage has complications? But how many know he who finds a wife finds a good thing, a good thing. And so I'm saying, don't let the complications rob you of perspective to see your spouse as a blessing. That job, a lot of people wish they had that job, but God gave it to you. So instead of whining about the boss man, why don't you just in, look past the complication of the job and see it as a blessing and thank God you have a job and your bills are paid. I'm preaching until I find some people that can see that a blessing is wrapped with complications. It's wrapped with complications but it doesn't mean it's any less valuable, any less important. Every complication in your life 
parentheses blessing is a catalyst for your personal growth. You can sit and ask God to change it, change it, change it, change it. But listen, if you've been in a cycle of trying to change something and it refuses and refuses and refuses, it's an indicator. That might be a blessing and God's using it to change you. You can play God or you can have the blessing. Which one will it be? Will you stand to your feet? this morning can you give God a praise for all the blessings in your life even the ones that are complicated I I dare you to praise God right now for the complicated blessings the blessings that are wrapped in packages that you didn't expect the blessings that you didn't see coming the blessings that sometimes keep you up at night the blessings that make you have to get up at 4 30 in the morning and put in 12 hours but at least I got a job I'm gonna find some people right now if you're thankful for the blessings in your life even the ones that are complicated and stress you out give God a praise that we're thankful that he has blessed us thankful he has spoken over us thankful that when I went through the pain the blessing didn't leave come on give him a real praise right now come on up out of your belly let's praise God and thank him for every blessing that we have Woo. I've preached a long time are you thankful you were in church today man I am glad you're here. We got a few more minutes. We got time to do the last song, but we're definitely gonna make time to see if anybody needs to make Jesus the Lord of their life. The greatest blessing. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. If you're in this place and you would say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I I have sin in my life. I need to invite Jesus into my heart, into my life. I need to be saved. If that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I am going to ask that you take one bold step and just raise your hand right there where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus to save me today. I need him to forgive me today. Anyone at all, you would say, that's you today. Anyone at all in-house. Those of you online, if you'll let our chat host know, there's one over here, one in-house. Awesome, awesome. Those online, let our chat hosts know and we'll, we'll help you take that next step. But I want every voice lifted. Would y'all pray with me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you as messed up as I am, as flawed as I am. I understand that you love me. While I was a sinner, you died for me. That's love. So I ask you, to forgive me come into my heart be my Lord and my Savior thank you for saving me and changing me in Jesus name amen come on can you give those folks a big God bless you today let's sing this last song together love you guys
Thanks for listening to the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you'd like to contribute financially to our ministry, you can do so by going to bethesdachurch.tv give. See you on the next episode.